scoreline when he looks at it, like looks like a hammering. And it was a hammering though. They scored 28 points in about three minutes, and we couldn't stop them. You know, okay, so it was a hammering. But there's there's different levels of hammering here. OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7:30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. We're back in Kilkenny where Owen chatted to former All-Ireland winning captain Eddie O'Connor this week ahead of Sunday's All-Ireland Hurling Final. I tell you now, it was, it was the greatest moment of my life. Uh, you know, the day I captained Kilkenny in 93 and it is hard to believe now that it's nearly 30 years ago. Like, I was lucky enough to go on the Kilkenny team in 1990 and we played Tipperary in the All-Ireland Final in 91. We were beaten. And uh, 92, we played Cork in the final. We beat him. And 93, we beat Galway in the final and I was lucky in 93 that I was captain and yeah as I said it was the greatest moment of my life those uh, moments in the, the 1990s uh, when it sticks out to you at this point what set that Kilkenny team apart from the others oh, I'd say a lot of it was down to the manager at the time was Ali Welch and I would compare Ali maybe to be in the same bracket maybe as Brian Cody even though he mightn't be as ruthless uh, Ali at the time you know came in there after when Pat Henderson stepped aside and Kilkenny need, needed rebuilding and Ali went around the county and picked up players from junior clubs intermediate clubs and Kilkenny and uh, senior clubs and he moulded us all into uh, being a great team and at the time we had a mixture of experience between players like Christy Heffern and Liam Fenley and we had young players coming through like my brother Willie and DJ Carey and all, all this so we, we had a very very good mixture like and Ollie was a wonderful man and a great manager and he knew how to get the best out of us. It seems like a pretty stupid question but you saw him up close and personal you were there when he burst onto the scene DJ Carey he's often held up in regard that no other Kilkenny player can hold why is that from your perspective? Uh, to me DJ was was the greatest player that was ever born uh, you know he was a wonderful wonderful player and you know I think uh, our game plan at the time Ollie told me one night in Nolan Park was uh, plan A was to get the ball into DJ plan B get the ball to DJ plan C was get the ball to DJ and and I said Ollie one night why is why is one plan the whole time once you're ready he's your best player he said if you can feed your best player as quick as you can and as often as you can with the ball he'll win the matches for you and how right he was like Do you think that that's still a tactic that a lot of people employ today? Asher to me like the tactics going today like there's, there's too much old cardiology going on in Hurling and it is very very much going down the road of football where you know you're zoning marking and you're playing balls over and back to field and it's not very nice on the eyes to tell you the truth to watch hurling now compared to the, there's no really hurling now off the cuff where it was in the in the 80s and 90s like the hurling that time was off the cuff and to me now it's it's all kind of programmed hurling now and as I said at times it can be a hard watch and I'd much prefer watching the games back in the 1890s not because I was playing myself now or anything that way but I thought the hurling that time was, was even a lot better than the hurling today. And would you say that's the vast majority of teams today that you, that you don't like watching? Yeah it's it's, it's not because there's no as I said like there's no off the cuff type of hurling like that time if you got a fast ball into the full forward line the full forwards whether it was Liam Fenley Tom Dempsey or Nicky English the game was was finished in a blink like now it's all play, sweep of systems you have it's seven, eight, nine men behind the ball you have numerous works uh, numerous kind of how would I say scrums around the middle of the field and it's dog eat dog out there like but as I said like there's no off the 
cuff type of hurling like anymore very very rarely now you'd see a player hitting a ball on the ground like compared that time when you had Johnny Pink and all them Johnny Dooley of Offaly they were wonderful stick men and all great great ground stroke hurling and you know and as I said now even the, the hurling this day is while I enjoy it a lot like there are times when it can be hard to watch What about if you were to be inserted in today's game like do you think that you'd be a bit of an outlier as a, as a man marker like do, do you think it's kind of so systemic at this point or systematic that you don't actually get the opportunity to go one on one too often with, with an opposition man Yeah well I always felt like my priority as a back and what I don't like about hurling now is there are too many easy scores being got I when I was brought up in Glenmore my priority was always to be a John Henderson type cornerback was that all cost stopped my man from scoring and I felt if I held a corner forward scorers that I'd done a great job and with the exception of Cahill Barrett at Tipperary and Mikey Butler at the moment with Kilkenny I don't see that out there the trademark now for defending is hit every second ball let the corner forward score four or five points and you clear nine or ten balls and it looks like exhibition type hurling then compared to what it was that time you go back to the there, you had Brian Cody playing full back for Kilkenny, you had Dick O'Hara on Dutter Connor, and you had John Henderson. And you know, without being too abrupt, like they'd break your neck in order not to leave your score. Like, and Ger Henderson, the same way, they're centre back and go on to the likes of the Mick Jacobs of Wexford and all them, and Pat Hartigan. You know, they, that time Hurling was, but uh, stop your man from scoring. Like, now it's kind of a, a kind of a free for all, it's kind of exhibition Hurling a lot of the time. You score a pass we score a pint you score a goal we score a goal and I think a lot of the good defending has gone out of the game So the hurlers aren't necessarily better they're just getting more time No I don't think the hurling is any better now compared to what it was in the in the 80s and 90s and I'd, bigger, I'd, I'd argue that with anyone you go back to the 90s Clare won in All-Ireland Offaly won in All-Ireland Kilkenny won in All-Ireland Wexford won in All-Ireland Chip won in All-Ireland the hurling was ultra, ultra competitive so it was that time but but to me now it's not near as competitive and the way while fitness levels have increased 100% like to me the hurling is, is not as good now as what it was back in the 80s and 90s and you've also got to remember that time there was no round robin system there was no back door that time it was you got one Sunday to get it right and you know we won two all Ireland's out of three in 91 92 and 93 and had we got the back door I'd say in 94 95 we could have easily went on and won three or four in a row but the back door wasn't there at that time and like while while Hurland is still in a very very good place now uh, to me it wasn't near as good as what it was back then are, are, are they more skilled today? I wouldn't say more skilled no if anyone tells me like players are more skillful than the likes of Martin Story or Nicky English or DJ Carey that any of them players out there today are as skillful as them uh, uh, it beggars belief really with me and no I wouldn't think so I, I, to me they're a lot more fitter today and they have recovery sessions and they're training six and seven nights a week the game has probably gone a good lot faster like but are they any more skillful than the players no the players back then to me were better than any of the players I think playing today one of the other things I just wanted to ask you about is just this um, maybe this, some of the, the talk this year was after the Limerick and Clare game about how Munster Hurling was, was kind of on a pedestal and, and how it was possibly the, the best game of the year and the best game for, for quite some time uh, it feels as if Kilkenny have got some sort of joy off knocking that narrative out of the water a little bit that they've got every chance of winning this weekend that a Leinster champion has every chance of winning this weekend Yeah to me like a lot of Hurling that's, that was played there in Munster over the last number of years is over, overhyped and 
there's a load of cod bottle, cod bottle to tell you the truth to tell you that uh, Leinster Hurland is way way behind Munster Hurland and I don't believe any of that rubbish like there's a lot of former players out there from Clare and Limerick telling, telling everyone this was the greatest Munster final of all time I watched that game and while intensity levels were high and the standard of Hurland was good but it certainly wasn't the greatest of all time I thought both sets of defences that day were poor both, both teams put up big scores like and as I said you have a lot of former players out there like there was you know in particular one former player from Warford telling everyone all year especially us here in South Kilkenny that this is the greatest Warford panel of all time and uh, if and when they win all Ireland that he'd ride a horse naked down the quay of Warford like and you know it's maybe maybe it is a donkey he should get like and you'd have a donkey on a donkey because if that guy thinks like that you're going to win Munster uh, win all Ireland's by by uh, playing the Munster ways certainly that won't be that won't be the teams in Leinster I get the sense that maybe teams who get ahead of themselves who get a little bit carried away with their chances of winning in All-Ireland that's not very much the Kilkenny mentality No the Kilkenny mentality has always been you go out on a Sunday you do your best and I suppose it's a bit like what Limerick are doing like and to me Limerick have been very very good champions if not great champions over the last number of years but I don't think they've beaten any of the Leinster teams uh, in an All-Ireland final last year I would have to say Cork collapsed I'd say the year before Warford collapsed but I don't see that happening with Kilkenny this, this Sunday and I don't believe for a minute as I said that Munster Hurling is way way ahead of, ahead of Leinster like I think Kilkenny have every chance coming into Sunday's game and while Limerick are favourites they're favourites on what they've done in the past and I don't think they're favourites on what they have done this year because I'd say without doubt the best 35 minutes of Hurling I saw this year was Kilkenny's first half performance in Clay and if Kilkenny bring a 70 minute performance like that and Limerick won't beat him next Sunday How is Brian Cody kept going for so long like I, that, that conversation we had a moment ago about how hurling has changed and, and maybe you're saying that there are still so many basics that, that are so important do you think Brian Cody has actually allowed himself to, to change a little bit and, and allow new ideas to, to be formulated in his camp yeah I'd say look look, without a doubt like I'd say Brian, Brian has changed over the last five or six years like Kilkenny were, didn't achieve much with the ex- exception of winning three in a row in Leinster I think they were beaten in the last two semi-finals. That that is not really acceptable in Kilkenny. I think since 2016, Brian has changed, and what I liked more so this year than other years, I, I like the Kilkenny panel. I think they have huge, huge strength on the sideline. When you look at Conor Delaney, there is a very good sub for the full back line. I think you have Conor Fogarty, Killing Buckley to come into the half back line, and when I up front I look at Walter Welsh Richie Hogan Richie Lahey most players uh, you know most of them players go on any other team and then throw in a young David Blanchfield there and I think Brian has probably maybe mellowed might be the wrong word but I, I definitely think Brian has uh, you know changed a bit in, in the last couple of years like while he is still the the same ruthless manager as ever like I, I do think he has probably mellowed maybe a small bit do you remember the, the early years of, of Brian Cody? Do you wish you could have played under him a little bit? Ah, yeah, I certainly would. Like I was, I was lucky enough in Glenmore that I played full back for Glenmore, and one match in particular, I came on full forward, and Brian was full back for James Stevens, and. 
Ah, he kind of done a bit of David Goliath job, David and Goliath job on me one night above in, in Hogginstown. And I remember a couple of years later, Brian was full forward for James Stevens, and I was after developing into a, a teak tough full back for Glenn Moore. And on this occasion, I think I got the better of him. So, uh, yeah, I would have uh, probably would have liked to have played under Brian. Whether it have lasted too long or not, uh, I don't know. But I, I certainly, I know, I think Brian is, Brian is, Brian is what he is like. He's honest. He's fair. He's ruthless. He's tough. He's all the hallmarks of being the greatest manager of all time. But uh, I think the one thing that sums up Brian is honesty. And anyone will tell you in, in Kilkenny that if you play well in training, you'll be on the team. Brian don't care about your club. But what? Well, he does clearness in in a sense that you play well with your club. But the, the, if you play well in training, you'll be on the team. And Brian gives everyone a chance. And I don't think any player can crib from the fact that if they're not on the team, it is not because they they didn't get a fair chance just because they're not good enough Do you think you were a hard player to manage? Yeah I probably was compared to my brother Willie I suppose yeah I was probably happy-go-lucky maybe and often people compare myself and Willie which we were two very very different players Willie was a much much better hurler than me so he was and Willie probably trained a lot harder than I, I did but if you if we were playing an All-Ireland final tomorrow morning and you wanted one of the two was to mark Alan Galan, I have no doubt Holly Welsh should be asking me rather than Willie because I was much much better for you know tight marking and I was much much better from for closing down people and you know uh, so like when I was playing cornerback, like I, I, as I said, I described myself as a bit like Mikey Butler and Carl Barrett. The best way of marking a great forward is to get out in front of him, anticipate the play, and get out in front of him. And that was what I used to do. Whether it was Eugene Clunan or Tom Dempsey or any of them former great players, I used to often in matches gamble, and a lot of the time, times it worked for me. And you know, but myself and Willie, we speak regularly, and I'm in contact with a good lot of former players, and you know, for Willie to be captain in 2000 and as I said when I was captain in 93 it was a wonderful achievement for both of us and a wonderful achievement for our family like and to the moment we'll treasure until we die You obviously did your Lake Regale together uh, a few years back uh, yourself and the brother would you say you're very close as brothers? Ah like I wouldn't yeah well, we would be close enough as brothers like and you know and Willie's living in Mullivat as well and as I said we speak regularly and all that like and yeah, we you know what we used to always do like when we were playing with Kilkenny we used to meet up every Monday evening in the Glen Bar with Pat and Mickey Barron they were the proprietors of the pub Pat used to hold with us below and you know we used to have a sing song every Monday evening and Michael Field and Liam Welsh and the whole lot of us meet up and I remember one good story a number of years later Ali Welsh said to us uh, you know he said lads I'm getting phone calls every Monday evening that the Glenmore lads are, are you below in the Glen Bar and you're drunk again and we said yeah Holly we were well he said lads keep hurling the way you are he said and I'm going to go drinking with you and, and that's how close we were that time and yeah we would be still reasonably close yeah right that, that's interesting because I was just going to ask like we had uh, Tommy Welch on the show this week who was uh, talking about the pride he gets from one of his close friends or uh, a brother 
winning in All-Ireland and he thinks TJ would get similar pride on Sunday if his brother lifts Liam McCarthy. Like, did you see him as just another teammate or, or did you see him as the most special teammate because he is literally your brother? Actually, I always thought he was the most special teammate because, you know, uh, at the time we were living at home and with a lot of mercy, my mother and father and my mother died in 2000, the year that Willie was captain and, you know, uh, that was, a, I suppose, a poignant moment for us really. Like, and uh, any time if you thought you played bad, you could discuss it with one other and we always had to, you know, help out one other and especially like with Glenmore because... I ended up full back with Glenmore for most of my career and Willie ended up centre back and while we were great I suppose great friends in the club we were still great friends with the county and more often than not like with the club the two was a lot of heavy lifting was left to the two was and you know and any time we did have problems with players often we'd switch and Willie if I was struggling on a night with a player Willie would pick him up or if he was struggling and yeah it, it helped us tremendously like and, and I, I know where Tommy Tommy was coming from I said uh, you know the greatest moment I had was 93 when Dal Island and certainly the second greatest moment was when Willie lifted a cup in 2000 and you know for two brothers in the one family to achieve that in a lifetime was was uh, I'd like to say a remarkable achievement. Do you talk about it much now? Do you reminisce much as brothers? Ah, Not really no we tend to often look back with fond memories and uh, I suppose people will tell you you shouldn't be looking back but we'd always look back and remember the times and remember you know at the time when we were we used to all travel together on train and a good friend of ours Pat O'Kelly had a mini had a mini bus and Pada used to pick us up every evening and we got training and after a lot of matches maybe on the way back we might win for one or two pints and you know we'd have a sing song and I people often ask the question Eddie what would you how good you, would yourself and Willie and Michael Field and him have been had you not been drinking like I'd say we'd probably have been superstars really because you know at that time we were happy go lucky and the highlight for us at the end of the week or the at, for the week was the Monday Eve and the sing song in the Glen Bear that was the highlight for us and it was you know uh, we look back on that and we cherish it with, with probably some of the greatest memories we had so would you be doing the sing songs on the Monday night in the Glen Bar at the week of a championship game? No, we used to skip a couple of weeks for the championship. Right. Like it was more so after the game rather than oh no, you wouldn't ray with that like in Kilkenny, so you wouldn't. No, it was after the games. Do you think you underachieved uh, as a, as a team? Then, if you're talking about that, I'd say we did. Yeah, we probably could have been better. But as I said, like we have to give credit where credit is due. Like some of the hurling there in the eighties and nineties was I said there were some wonderful teams out there that went on to win all Ireland's and you know at the time we came up in a, a, a a great Offaly team we come up again a Wexford team that went along and won the 96 All-Ireland we clear were emerging at the time no we won two All-Irelands out of three like and we have to be grateful for that and it was a hell of achievement at the time like but uh, had we maybe stayed out of Glenbear would we have won more certainly would have helped us to win more yeah but you probably have uh, just as good memories now as a result of that um, that that team as as a whole are you are you close with them all like I, I know you, you didn't do the Jubilee in 2018 if I'm not mistaken no I didn't but I kind of fell out with the uh 
what would I say I was the bad by Kilkenny Hurland when I made a speech in 93 and you know I probably didn't help things myself but I certainly didn't get much support from Kilkenny I always said when I was going up the steps of Crow Park I'd like to think I'd make it good for the players coming after me I always felt like that the players weren't appreciated by Crow Park or by some of the county boards and what better place was it to say it in, in, than when I was accepting the McCarthy Cup uh, I'd like to think that I made it good for all the players that are going forward now they're getting much better expenses they're getting much better medical uh, assessments and they're getting much better as regards the majority of them have company cars and all that and while a lot of people said I, I caused trouble or I advocated professionalism I never did I never wanted to see Hurland go professional I don't think the GA could stand that but I do feel like that the players should be rewarded a lot more and you know certainly going forward I'd like to see the winners of the football Ireland, maybe the winners of the Hurland Ireland getting say 20,000 a man in vouchers and I'd like to see the runners up getting 15,000 and maybe the Munster finalists 10,000 the lengths of to me you know what I mean the longer you go on the year the more strain is putting on the body the longer hours you're doing there's a better chance you have of getting injured and all that so I do think there should be a, a, a system there where you reward success and all that and while I'm not advocating or anything that way like uh, for professionalism I do think there's still plenty of room for improvement You, you uh, on the steps of the Hogan stand asked for uh, a holiday fund for, for players basically that, that was the gist of it what, what, what was the what was the backlash like at that point Ah sure like uh the backlash from all the players was a pat on the back and from any, any anyone involved in county panels a pat on the back but certainly the backlash from the Kilkenny County Board was dismal I was treated very very badly like, what did uh, they do or what, what did they I say remember, I remember coming home on the train that night or the following evening and I was told said to me by one official they said Eddie uh, you're a dead man walking and you better you know I mean that your, your place will be in jeopardy next year he said uh, over what you said there today and because a lot of the people in the county board could see no evil, hear no evil, or smell no evil, but I didn't care. I often said to people after me, "If I'm the best cornerback," I said in Kilkenny, "You won't be. Able, you don't have the balls to drop me." And they wasn't, you know what I mean? They backtracked a bit on it. And I remember uh, a couple of years later, I got involved in an incident with my club, Glenmore, uh, with a referee, and I got suspended for six months. And uh, five of the months were for the speech I made in Crow Park. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.